Hi, my name is Sean Shaler. This is my friend Chris Ford, aka The Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter. And we are The Last Podcasters. That's last underscore podcasters. I'm like writing it in the air. Well, I think I was waving at you while I was writing it in the air. That's last underscore podcasters on Twitter and Instagram. We also have a Facebook page. Go check us out there. But what's most important is that you're here with us right now. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Today we are talking about Book 3, Fire, Episode 8, The Puppet Master. But before we get to the episode, we are going to talk about just a couple other things about which I am very excited to talk uh, because it's about our weeks. We didn't talk about our weeks last week, but we're going to talk about our weeks this week. Chris, how's your week going? Uh, I'm going to talk about last week's this week that we didn't talk about last week. You're but, right. So that this makes perfect sense somehow. <laughs> <laughs> um week's going good i guess yeah very good so wednesday i saw uh, my hero academia heroes rising movie and i absolutely watched it in actual in theaters and i absolutely loved it it was amazing it's probably one of the best movie going experiences that i've had in quite some time like it so high praise the thing about these movies because you go to a lot of movies i feel like that's very high I do, praise yeah don't just gloss yeah, over no, that real quick. <laughs> that's not like me well, going to the movie once a year, but like that's the best movie I saw all year. Yeah. The thing is, it's one of those like phantom events, you know, those things, uh, to where it's it's not like a widely released movie, but it's like they just pick a couple like I don't know, hundred or so theaters across the nation that you can go see this one thing in. It has a random show times. Like it was a show time at seven o'clock on a Wednesday, <laughs> and uh, and also anime movies based off of like shonen jump mangas usually to me aren't that great because one thing they can't they have to be inconsequential um <laughs> they, they word of the second consecutive week inconsequential yeah. but well, they because, don't because they don't want to disrupt the the, yeah, the shonen storyline at all right like you yes yeah you can't yeah can't disrupt it at all um but i think they did a really good job of having its own very standalone story that thing still um still pushes all these characters growth and also the action was amazing so many things happened that were amazing in this anime so i it was one of it's one of the best like if i was a you know lumping with other superhero movies it was one of the best superhero movies i watched in the past like i was i was just as excited to watch this as i was to watch like endgame or shazam or uh or other you know movies like superhero-ish movies I've watched. Um, why? Another reason why it was like such a great movie-going experience is I didn't expect that many people would be in a theater, right? So live in a fairly small city. Once we live, if a you know, big town, small city, um, <laughs> and, uh, That's and so I wasn't That's fair. really expecting like that many people in the theater. But the theater was packed on a Wednesday night, and and like I know everyone there love My Hero Academia. Like they love anime. Like when I go see Avengers Day One or I see any superhero movie Day One, I'm just like, oh, these people are movie people. They might not know anything about the comics. They just it's, like it's going a big to movie. movies. Yeah, just yeah, big popular uh, property. Yeah, so it felt like really, I felt a lot of camaraderie. Uh, maybe also because this one girl kept talking to me as if I think that's just her personality because she was talking to the people beside her and to me as if we knew each other for a while. She was like, oh, yeah, I just dropped my thing. And, uh, like, no, she was she was really talkative. Anyway, that's not important. But And I think oh, also, that's, that's not a wide release, right, uh, you mentioned. I think it is, I want to say it was in one of the theaters, uh, maybe the closest one to Don't quote me on that, Olathe Heights. But I do think I saw that it was coming to the Olathe AMC theater, maybe. Don't quote me on that. Though. Yeah. Yeah. I saw the dub version because I don't want to read letters when there's a bunch of action going on. Same. Don't make me, the... <laughs> don't make me read. Don't make me read words. So, they have the sub version. And that was the dub version. I made sure I went to go see the dub version. I don't mind uh, watching subs, but I, I figured in the big theater, I'm going to do more focusing. My eyes want to focus more on the entire screen rather than two thirds of the, <laughs> of the screen. <laughs> I am probably uh, a but hater, also, but I actively do mind reading subs because I am almost always <laughs> doing something else, uh, playing yeah. a game or or typing or whatever. I'm, I can't read subs. Can't do it. Yeah. But I reviewed it. It's out there. You can get my more in-depth non-spoiler thoughts. You can also get my 
uh, spoiler thoughts. So check that out. Excellent. That that's it. That's your whole week. One movie. And, well, yeah, pretty and much. One that's movie. And two it. two videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we talked about last week. Yeah, last week your last work is almost done. Hopefully you had. You haven't done it now because we're recording back to back. But I hope that you have found time in between then and now to to finish that, because then next week, next week will kind of be like our pre Planet Comic Con episode mm-hmm. when you will be uh, yeah. dressing up in a costume that is related. And so I was like, oh, maybe if he's finished, he can show it off on the podcast next week. That'll like I said, that's kind of a pre con episode. <laughs> so that's pretty exciting. Um, I don't have a lot going on this week other than that as you watch this now, I hope that I am I will be in Mexico on vacation, uh, which is exciting because I like not doing anything. I like not having responsibilities and stuff. But I also don't really like crowds or, or tourists or seafood or people all the time. <laughs> people in groups. People one-on-one, great. People in groups, not my thing. But very excited to go on vacation uh, easily the longest vacation I have ever taken. And then also we are almost done with community. And I think that season six is, uh, is, <laughs> is I could, I feel like people don't know which one to hate more like season five or season six. Uh, that might just be certain things that I read online. I certainly so far hate season six uh, way more, which is, well, a sh- yeah, it was a big cast change. I mean, Troy left, um Shirley left mm-hmm. Pierce left but that was okay that Pierce left he was apparently um it wasn't great to work with Chevy Chase on that show and I think like that said, we that was not the first time that people had come out and said that Chevy Chase was not the f- best a person to work with yeah but that being said if there is a movie if there is a movie I hope that they talk him into coming back and being in the movie just to have the original cast I yeah I hope I don't I don't know that a movie will actually happen, and I don't know if he would come back if it did, but I hope they would do it. If they didn't bring Troy back for the movie, I'd be very upset. Uh, I'm going to say say that 95% of the reason that I enjoy that show is because of Troy and Abed. Like, yeah, that's That's a huge, that's a huge reason. So, but uh, no disrespect to the other four seasons of Community, which have become like four of my favorite Season one is like in my top three or four individual seasons of television ever, ever, anywhere. And then like season two, three, four, like all all great. Top 25 or something. Uh, four, I think it's four that gets the, the, the worst rap because I'm pretty sure that's when Dan Harmon exited. I think he came back in season five and then he did season six. I think it's season four. That's... I think it's fair to say that there's a maybe a noticeable difference in style in season four. And then some of the yeah. ideas are maybe a little repetitive. So yeah, maybe season four doesn't stand up quite as well. Uh, but I'd still rather watch it than season six by by a long shot. So anyway, about finished up with Community. And when I get done with Community, I'm going to go on to one of the many other recommendations that you've recommended to me <laughs> that I have started and not finished. Probably Static Shock because of the whole Comic-Con thing next week. So uh, hey, that's our weeks. And what's... What's more important is rather than just hearing about our day-to-day lives, so we had another little like mini topic we wanted to touch on before we started into the episode, and that was that Chris, you did a video a couple weeks ago now. Actually, it's it's been a while now, hasn't it? A couple months. Yeah, it was. Um, it was a no. It was the twenty. Oh, I, I did finish it a couple months ago, but it came out um, the whenever the fifteenth year anniversary was, which I think was the twenty-first. Okay, uh, so just year a few of Avatar. Ago, yeah, Antoine Bandelay reached out to me, personally just me, I'm kidding, uh, and also other YouTubers. Antoine Bandelay, go check out his YouTube channel. He does a lot of, like, verse matches with Avatar. Pretty fairly big YouTuber, especially compared to me. Like, honestly, I was surprised he reached out to me. I was like, oh, I'm on someone's radar. That's cool, thanks. I was, like, really um, honored and reached out to me. Anyway, uh, he reached out to all these YouTubers and asked if we can do videos on who we would choose if we were the Avatar, who would be our four bending masters, um, so I did a video on that, and so did, you know, several other people. And so you can go check my video out on that if you want to get my looks at it. Um, I'll just go ahead and say that my my picks were, um, it was uh, Gatsu for air, uh, Katara for water, 
Suyan Beifong for Earth, and Azula for Firebending. And if you want my more in-depth reasonings on all those things, go check out my video on that. Um, I know Azula seems like it's out there. <laughs> she's, she's kind of the one thing that doesn't belong. The other three were like, to me, just kind of too soft. And I needed someone to like just instill a sense of just that killer instinct in me. Um, also, if there's anyone that uh, watches me, they commented on, on that. Thank you. A lot of people shared their picks. Really great picks. A lot of people uh, made me regret not choosing Janora for my Airbender Master. She was close. She was so close. Because I kind of wanted... I was so close to just doing an all-girls team because girls are cool. Girls rock. Be um, a killer team. <laughs> I was kind of going to... I was, I was going to kind of relate them to my sisters because I have four older sisters. <laughs> but, um, but I went with Gyatso. I thought Gyatso was kind of... He wasn't necessarily cool with killing people, but he definitely killed some firebenders. If you see his remains, there are firebender remains along with that. Chris, so I those just guys like probably idea. just left their helmets and stuff laying around yeah. there. All right, there guys, let's uh, just take off our charge. down, yeah. That's probably what happened. Um... The thing is, in retrospect, I probably still could have chose Janora because Janora would have been great spiritually, and Azula still would have instilled into me. It would have been enough Azula to instill into me, like, "Hey, dimwit, you can kill people every now and then, right? You don't have to feel so guilt-ridden about it." Um, which I don't want to kill people. That made me sound like I want to kill people free, conscious free. <laughs> More like Chris given... wants somebody to give him the green light to. <laughs> <laughs> so we could just wipe that off his conscience for him that would be that'd be great more like i don't want to because my native air element would be air i don't want to feel like oh i can't i don't want that handicap all right if, if someone is holding a gun to somebody's head i'm not gonna be like oh i can't and i can kill that person i don't be like oh oh airbending philosophy tells me that i can't kill this person no just do what you can to you know i want to be batman about it right from the dark knight trilogy <laughs> Where he says he doesn't kill people, right? And that's that's a legit story factor uh, in it, which is really the only Batman movie where he says legitimately, I'm not going to kill people. And he doesn't for the most part, but he ends up killing Harvey Dent on accident. Sure, he had to save Gordon's son, but Harvey Dent fell to his death. He, <laughs> at the end of Dark Knight Rises, when there's an atomic bomb about to go off, he's completely cool with shooting his guns from... Uh, more like cannons from his tank at the truck coming. One of them, like you see it hit the guy, the guy goes back and he dies. Cause at that point you're like, Hey, there's an atomic bomb. I don't need to be worrying about. He's not wanted to take a greater good right approach <laughs> in that specific context. I, I think we can yeah. agree with that. That's fine. Yeah. But, you know, but when it came to the Joker, you know, he could have killed him, but he saved him because the Joker wasn't a threat at that point. So it's like, Hey, I, I didn't have to kill him. So I didn't kill him. So that's the kind of mentality I want. So yeah, I kind of wish I would have picked Janora instead. And I'm going to like officially change my pick to Janora. But that video's done. But that video's doing really well. So thanks to anyone watching that video. Yeah, and go watch. And, but, go watch the yeah, rest of the videos that Antoine Bandelay uh, has done as well, because he is a, just yeah. a generally very likable uh, personality in terms of YouTube. Um, yes. Yeah. I think it's really cool that he reached out. Yeah so uh but since you guys oh i'm sorry you're about to introduce your own i was but i'm still pretty embarrassed because they have to be like the most boring uh there's it's so it's such a favoritism play but what it amounts to is that i started with earthbending because i felt that that was the most obvious because i wanted Toph to teach me earthbending because i don't think that anyone else is going to do as good a job at teaching me that kind of seismic sense and if i had you know okay. so, and she also invented metal bending. So I'd be like, all right, teach me how to metal bend like from scratch, like you learn. And, and so I just, that, that's very meaningful to me, but also a very boring pick. I want Iro to teach me fire bending. I want Iro to teach me fire bending. You're basic. I am. I'm the basic of, of benders. And that's fine. You know what? I actually didn't say <laughs> it. Well. I didn't say it in the last episode, but I meant to. We we're talking about Cora, and you were talking about uh, like fresh perspective or me having a fresh perspective, and you mentioned yours would not be. So whatever level of clueless I am about, you know, Avatar The Last Airbender, you multiply that by like five. So whatever I am already, it's going to be like five in Legend of Korra. And that's how I feel <laughs> when I was picking these, uh, picking my betting masters. So I, but I do want Iroh because I don't think that anyone else 
would do as good a job of teaching me to, to channel and utilize firebending in the right way, in a way that is, uh, is a source of light and a source of life. Um, so I feel like he would hit that the best. Then, Let me guess your water, Katara. No, no, I did pick Korra. Oh, okay. I did pick Korra for water, but oh, okay. But I do have a concern is that I couldn't, I couldn't find that water bending personality that I want that was like a, a different level or brought something unique to the table. Water I struggled with the most. Um, air, so air I picked Gyatsu, but now that you said Janora, I actually really like that because talk about bringing that very spiritual sense to learning how to bend. If you don't mind that I'm going to embarrassingly just copy off here, I'm going to pick Janora now. That's a great no, go ahead. That's a great pick. But the, the water I struggled with the most, nobody stood out to me as bringing anything kind of extra or extremely unique in any way to waterbending. So I just picked Korra, like pure, just pure power and moves and being the avatar. I mean, can't go wrong with Katara or Korra, obviously. But so, yeah, that on the basic... <laughs> That's that's the Starbucks mocha of waterbending <laughs> masters picks right there is what that is. Uh, oh, and then it wasn't part of the video, but people, I mean, people did bring up like, oh, well, what, what would you pick if you could pick a non-bender person? And that's really hard for me. Like, I, I, I told someone that I would pick Saga because I just loved his character growth and and how he found a way to truly really stand out amongst these freaking legends, <laughs> right? Um, you know, and I like his whole concept of growing through humility. I did a whole video about it, but man, it's really hard not can, to pick somebody else. <laughs> like, we could learn, uh, uh, we could learn sword play from Sokka and Suko. We'll just we'll learn yeah. dual swords versus single sword and and boomerang throwing. Those yeah. are that master. But like, Asami would be a really good pick. Asami's a one that she's a genius, and she can her hand to hand fighting is is really good. Um, and also she can come with an electric glove. She'll probably hook me up with like cool gadgets and stuff. Like, one that's of those, really cool. Yeah, one of those neutralizer gloves. I forget what it's called. Yeah. Bears. Um, and then the other best pick will probably be Suki. Um, she's a really good teacher. She taught a lot of people how to chi bend um, or how to block chi. And also she's a great hand-to-hand -hand fighter. So man, I'll be... If I had to choose exactly which one... Uh, probably Asami because she's just a genius. Don't and, don't. And she's that. she's the Batman of this universe. That's why you're. Yeah. She's the Batman. Batman. Uh, don't don't limit yourself to just one though, right? Like so, you get Tylee and I forgot all about. Uh, you had mentioned before. I don't have any experience with Suki teaching chi blocking, but uh, Suki and Tylee have. Uh, who who the heck am I thinking? Like I said, Sokka and Zuko teaching you sword play. Let's get some energy bending in here. Let's get Amon and Aang to teach us energy bending. <laughs> get what's-his-name to teach us spirit bending. Well, now you're what just is, grabbing everybody. What is this? <laughs> I just, I want as many teachers. I want a well-rounded... You just cheated. I just want a well-rounded education. Get <laughs> get Varric to teach us about business. Huh? I don't want Varric's business. <laughs> I forget how. Those are some great scenes. I especially love, when he's introduced. I love Varric. He... Yeah. He uh, delivers my kind oh, of gosh. comedy. But... Okay, my favorite, real quick, my favorite Varric line is, <laughs> is uh, Bolin, he he leaves Eska at the altar, and they're on in Varric's yacht, and all you see is Eska, like, water bending towards him, at them, like, really angry, like, her face is, like, all water and mascara and stuff, and Bolin asks, like, can this, <laughs> can your ship outrun outrun my bride outrun eska and it's like why do you think i built this thing <laughs> i don't know why that's so hilarious to me. that's I'm, I'm a little ashamed to say that most of my favorite memories from my first watch through of Korra probably come from some combination of eric and bolin yeah just yeah, uh, comedy i'm a comedy person i can't help it yeah but really i'm just using all these tangents as a way to mask my basic selections but i like to <laughs> I like the Janora idea. I'm going to cling to that one. Like, see, that's unique. That's different. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, can I, you know, I'll change my answers. I want the dragons to teach me firebending the right way. That's, that's legit. Yeah. Let's go with the dragons. Oh, someone, love, love dragons. Someone, someone's someone saying my video or another video I watched, but someone said the lion turtles. Cause you, you, there's no, that's um, the thing is though, is that the lion turtles aren't teachers. They're just like, here you go. Mm -hmm. But I wonder 
if they could teach if they could give you power to do other stuff. I mean, they did teach Aang, or really they unlocked Aang's chakra. They gave Aang the ability to energy bend, but maybe they can give you the ability to to do other stuff. Who knows? trying to think we should have included some kiyoshi novel here that's that's probably out of play but we should have included some of that i i really thought about including um instead of azula i thought about going with rangi but i went with azula instead because she knows how to lightning bend she's a she's a a master manipulator see even even with the even with all that even if i still wanted power i would still lean towards iroh because i feel like iroh still knows how to do that stuff he just doesn't yeah Right, so I'd still, like, but that's fine. If you need your green light to kill people, I I get it. That's cool. I'm not gonna. I'm not here to judge you. Uh, yeah, well, uh, go go watch Chris's video because it's ten times more interesting than than my choices and way better thought out. And then it'll probably lead you to those other creators' videos as well, also yes. better thought out than mine. But thanks thanks for asking me the question. It was fun to think about. Uh, th- with that being said, that's a really great segue. We're talking about certain kind of bending teachers, and now we're getting to the episode called The Puppet Master, who is a bit of a teacher in her own right. <laughs> in her she, own she is, sort yes. of awful, awful kind of way. The Puppet Master. <laughs> All right, so the Team Avatar are out in the woods. They're telling spooky stories to each other. Um, Katara starts to tell a story that's like kind of legitimately... A little creepy for for a kids show, I think. So, so, does uh, Sokka like fails first because his is really stupid, right? And yeah. then and then Katara jumps in. You're like, oh, that's that's kind of legit. Yeah. Um, and and Toph afterwards, you hear certain voices. One thing I think that moment did a really good job of is that Katara's um, Katara's story had to do with the Southern Water Tribe, and so that already kind of puts into your head. The thought of the Southern Water Tribe, and this episode is really heavily focused on the Southern Water Tribe. So, really good job there. And then they come into contact with Hama, who is the innkeeper, and uh, and yeah, she seems just a Sokka thinks she's just a little off. Katara immediately bonds with her, and and what happens after that? Oh, they go into town, and in town, you know, there's kind of these stories about. People going missing and stuff like that. And Asaka's still really suspectful of Hama, so they kind of search around and stuff. And they, eventually... They don't do a great job when you're talking about Sokka being suspicious. Is that they don't... And they probably don't mean to, but like I think we as the audience all know that Katara is the odd, odd woman out here and not being a little suspicious. Like We all know that she's odd and she's <laughs> going to be the focal point. I don't know if we necessarily know the extent, but we all know something something ain't right. Yeah. Yeah. So they find out that um, they're like trying to look into this box, and she gets there before they even open the box. And she's like, "This is my greatest treasure. It is the last thing I have of my home in the Southern Water Tribe. It's a comb, and it's like a nice blue comb." And they're like, "Oh, you're from the Water Tribe." And then you know, so Katara immediately connects with her. And Hama gives her backstory on how she ended up in a Fire Nation, which this backstory, it's really great backstory, <laughs> to say the least. So, you know, after, I think she said 60 years ago, maybe? It was a long time. I don't remember the years. but Yeah, very long time a while. ago. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the, the Fire Nation came in and invaded the Southern Water Tribe, pretty much just taken which each invasion, they just take more and more waterbenders. I mean, they're doing that because they're, you know, searching for the Avatar. Like, they think the Avatar could be, could have been born to the Nets Nation. So they're taking waterbenders. I don't say that, but I'm assuming that. That, or they just want to weaken the Water Tribe. Either way, it's a win-win for them. They either Both. find the yeah, Avatar. Yeah, why not? Or... You stumble on the <laughs> Avatar and kill that one while you're over there, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, eventually she gets captured and and the great thing they do is that they actually bring it all the way back to episode one of that ship that's deserted like they show those water member those waterbenders lifting up that ship and that ship has stayed there as a reminder for you know the atrocities that the fire nation have committed 
that's just really great. And I'm pretty sure they didn't plan that out from the get go. Um, what a but nice touch. I was actually yeah, about to ask nice you, like, you think they thought of that in advance, or they just it was cool scenery at the time? Yeah, I don't think they thought of it, but you know, sometimes what? happy accidents are uh, are good. I mean, it wasn't an accident to happen this time, but they're probably like, oh, we can go back. Oh, and remember say that, that ship that did. we had suspended in the ice? Hell yeah, let's do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. I mean, I guess I wouldn't be surprised if they thought that through. But... I wouldn't be surprised either way. It's just fun to think about. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Hama uh, shows them that she is a waterbender, and Katara, it's again, you know, she's even more and more um, infatuated with Hama because. Those two are the kindred spirits. They're the last benders of the Southern Water Tribe. Like, Kutara looks up to her and idolizes her. And you know, she says, like, oh, let me teach you, you know, my, my things. You know, let me teach you what I can. And Kutara's just so happy to be taught by Hama. And so their first lessons is pretty cool like um you know she tells Charlie like you can find water anywhere which the is the first time yeah, where you're like hold on a sec <laughs> <laughs> wait what when so uh she's like you find water in anything and then she does the sweep and takes the water yeah. out of the big patch of flowers <laughs> and i don't know why this sticks out in my memory so much but i feel like i remember the first time i saw this part where it's like oh they're just just flowers dear i was like hold up she's a witch <laughs> But in my head, <laughs> I said it in a Holy Grail voice. <laughs> the Monty Python, and it's, it's a witch. Yeah. But uh, so it's it's like simultaneously really cool, and also at the same time, you're like, Sokka was right. Yeah, um, I do love when she takes the water out of the air and I like, just form these, uh, you know, just uh, bugles. <laughs> you know those chips, <laughs> the finger chips. <laughs> Oh, I hate uh, how they taste, but I love playing with them. Hate oh, yeah. oh, you got to play with them. Yeah. You got to put them on your fingers. Well, and I'm not going to eat them. them. I'm just going to play with them. I, those are that's good chips. No, I hate them. I hate how they taste, but I'll play with them any day. I'll open a pack yeah. just to play with some, some beautiful fingers. <laughs> I forgot uh, she did that. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, that's, that's some freaking cutthroat stuff because you don't, like, ice is sharp. <laughs> you don't need a lot of it. Mm-hmm. She's like oh, taking all those things that we saw in the cool Paku versus uh, first Katara fight, and she's like amplifying the cruelty behind it. All yeah. These cool ideas. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, it would be really cool to see Paku. Sounds weird. It would be really cool to see these old people fight <laughs> Paku <laughs> versus Hama. I think you just found your next YouTube video Paku versus Hama. Ooh. Who would win? Well, let's, yeah. let's make that one go. I, mean, I kind of already, already think Paku would win. Because he seems just as powerful as Katara. And it seemed like Katara didn't need to know bloodbending in order to stop herself oh, from I being bloodbended. I don't know how I feel. I don't know if I feel that Paku could learn bloodbending. I don't know if he's like spiritually uh, invested enough in his. He wouldn't learn from a woman. I'm kidding. <laughs> well, I mean, so I give. You know what? When we have that discussion, I'll take Hama. I'll do what I can to, to defend an 80 okay. year old woman or whatever she is. She's probably 75. She's probably 75. Um, And then eventually Aang, Sokka, and Toph figure out that those voices that are coming down um, are... um, (laughs) I think they go see Old Man Ding, which I feel like is like a Scooby-Doo reference for some reason. I didn't think of it, but I could totally totally see that. Is Hanna-Barbera is... That's not under Viacom, right? No, but I'm mean, pretty sure they were influenced a lot by Hanna Barbera. I mean, who wasn't? If you watched cartoons, well, <laughs> in in God, yeah. in thirty, forty years. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Hama says, like, oh, you know, tonight at the full moon, I'll be able to teach you my my best technique. Um, and then, you know, but people are going missing on the full moon. And Hama's like, well, two wire bending masters under the full moon. Like, there's nothing to worry about, Katara. And then she's like, yeah, okay. And then, uh, yeah, and Hama teaches her blood bending. And, well, first of all, she gives her more of her backstory. <laughs> like, oh, this is part two of my backstory. And this she is says, like, like the PG 13 yeah. part, like to make kids leave the room kind of part. 
Yeah. You know, she's like, you know, I was in I was in prison. They steamed in the water. We couldn't do anything. But then I found out that wherever there is life, there's water. And like she was in there for years practicing mastering this technique. She would start off with the rats. Um, which look like legit rats. They don't look like any combination of anything. That's and it's just a regular old rat, yeah. not a mole yeah, rat, a regular or rat. A... Yeah. <laughs> or a possum rat. I do think they have possum rats, though. I'd believe it. Yeah. It sounds like a thing. Yeah. I said mole um, rat, but that's probably more of a Disney thing, right? That's Kim Possible, the mole rat. Yeah, Kim Possible. That's right. Is, that, that's is that Disney or is that? Yeah, that's Disney. I was the naked Kim mole possible. rat for Halloween in college one time, and basically I wore a pink T-shirt, and that's about all it amounted to. It wasn't a very good costume. Someone just walks and be like, "Are you just breast cancer awareness?" It, no, I followed. I followed Kim and and Ron around, so uh, it it made more sense in in the larger group. Yeah. Um. Uh, oh, but her story, like the way this voice actress does, is in her story, it's just so freaking like haunting, but understandable. And then, you know. Um, when she's telling her her story, Katara's like, oh, it's you that's capturing all these people. And, like, the way she looks at her and when the camera comes in on Hama's face, it's like, they took me, my brothers, and took us and put us in the jail and left us to rot. We have to fight them by any means necessary. Like, whoo, holy crap, Hama. Like, I get you. Like, I get it. <laughs> like, you are the Magneto of <laughs> slash Killmonger this this universe but like can you like, chill out kinda, just a little bit yeah like i kind of want i i, I kind of want more of that of someone just like no f the fire nation like i guess that's sort of like jet also right but oh, come I'm on a, don't ruin it well no i'm fine i'm fine with where jet ended up at but i kind of <laughs> want to see someone um, but I kind of like that thought of a villain who is com- whose reasonings are, are righteous but the way they go about it is not I mean I feel like Legend Core did that a lot um, Hama would be a, a really interesting maybe they can do that in the comics not necessarily Hama but somebody else who just has deep quarrels with the Fire Nation of like um, no they can't have part of Earth Kingdom no we deserve revenge. Something, like, something to the maturity level that we get from Kiyoshi, but with some uh, evil old yeah. water bending uh, former captives. I can yeah. see that. Let's just give Hama her own spinoff. <laughs> we started with a versus match, and now we're onto a how, whole separate series. How would they hold her? I, I don't. I don't. I guess you lock up her arms. Yeah, you lock up her arms. Sure. But yeah, I mean, surely she, if she was really driven, would she just master like bending without motions or hand? But can you remind me, how did they give her water I mean, when she was in the cell just to they survive? Said, they said they would steam in the water through she, pipes and stuff. Hmm. It feels like. I mean, she, I guess. I know, it just I mean, feels like she should have been able to use that somehow, you know? Yeah. That's I mean, fine. if you think about it too much, it's, it's like, oh, well, she could have peed and. Used you could make some bugle fingers out of that. Like, come on. Or, yeah. So maybe she's no. just that cruel. She's like, you know, maybe I could make like a, a weak weapon with these limited resources. I have my, my own urine and the steam. These like limited resources. Yeah. Or, or I could spend years learning how to <laughs> cripple people from the inside. Yeah. Uh, but no, that's, that's a great backstory. Um, so then her and Katara fight because Hama wants to force Katara to know how to bloodbend and well, it's a really great moment of like Hama just like kneeling Katara down and Katara being like so saddened by it. she starts crying, but then the full moon is behind her and she's like like the music swells kinda in this moment and she raises up. She's like, You're not the only one that draws your power from the moon. My bending's more powerful than yours. Um, which is really really cool moment. And then Aang and Saka messes it up because <laughs> they outnumber themselves. Um, which leads to like a couple uh, comedic moments of you know like Aang saying sorry for trying to attack Katara and then and the Katara like water bends him to a tree 
And she says, sorry. And then Aang is like, it's okay. <laughs> like, they just seem so They're very aware in, in the moment. <laughs> very Midwestern yeah. also with their apologies. Yeah. It is. Oh, it's a, it's a wait, good fight. Yeah, it? I would say that it they they kind of imply that Katara's bending is better. I don't want to say because of age, but they do imply that there's like an age factor uh, in in the in the bending prowess. In in my opinion, they imply that, which is a little sad because you, th- you think I didn't get that. Uh, maybe not. I I did feel like like Boomy is what 110. And he still carries himself with the confidence of an arrogant, like peak yeah. best bender that the most powerful bender you'll ever see. It to quote him, and so it's like clearly age doesn't necessarily impact bending skills and abilities. But I thought in Katara's comeback, it felt like they kind of weighed the age a little bit, but maybe not. I don't know. I'm probably overthinking it. It's fine. It's a good fight. That's all that really matters. It's a good fight. Yeah. No. Really good fight. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of short-lived though, but that's fine. You don't need a you don't need to see Katara beating an old lady for that long. She already it's, took a really long time getting it is beat short-lived. by a man. There's there's no B plot in this episode really either, unless I'm just totally forgetting a small B plot. I don't think there's really no. one. Um, but there is there is a lot of different things that happen in this episode. Like it's a pretty not big in terms of scope. Well, it's sort of it's sort of big B-plot, story in terms you know, of because I think it's, it's sort of B plot because Aang and Sokka and Toph are off investigating this thing. Um, yeah, they're the knee plot. Yeah. Well, in the last one, it was like really all one plot. But this all just still feels like one one sort of big story. But it's I don't know. It's almost more of a story than we necessarily always get in terms of every minute is used to develop this story a little further. That almost a ghost story of sorts. Um, not a lot of wasted time or wasted effort. I don't know. I always appreciated how much detail went into the larger story in this one. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of detail. Yeah. Um, and then so at the end of the fight, um, Hama is going, jeez, my dog just like walked over all these comic books I have on the floor. <laughs> anyway, it's a little disrespectful. disrespectful. Um, get out. <laughs> anyway. Uh, um Kama's about to get Aang and Sokka to attack each other. And pretty much it's the sword that's that's going to just impel Aang, I'm sure. And at that moment, um, Katara bloodbends Hama. You're like, hey, congratulations, Hama. You won. You, Which is a really interesting thing as a villain. Like the villain, it's kind of like Joker wants Batman to kill him. Right? Joker loses, but he wins. It's very Star Wars. Hama loses. Yeah, it's very Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in this case, Hama loses, but she wins. She passes down her, you know, her heritage and her kind of evilness down to Katara, um, which is really, really cool. It definitely piques your and interest. Then, like, oh, is this going to come back? Come back later? Well, Peaks yeah. is the wrong word. Like, I think you're at least I was probably curious through the rest of the series. Like, when's she going to pull that out? Yeah. No spoilers. And then. <laughs> For this 15-year-old TV show. No spoilers here. Yeah. And then at the end there, you know, Hama says, congratulations, Katara. You're a bloodbender. I kind of like how no one else is just like, what does that mean? <laughs> I think they got like, a pretty good idea. <laughs> yeah, you'd think they would. And they'd be like, wait a minute. Does that mean she's a waterbender? Why is a waterbender here? Or they're just like, hey, she saved us. Whatever. Thanks. We were going to ride in there forever. Crazy... She got some new crazy moon power. We're not even going to ask about it. Yeah. <laughs> We're just going to call this even Steven and just keep it going. They're just, they're just like, they're helpless foot clan guys. Those guys don't know anything. Yeah. In an Austin Powers movie, they're the uh, anonymous henchmen. Yeah. Uh, and essentially, that's episode. It does not end on a high note. It just ends with no, Katara kind of crying. Yeah. And uh, kind of saddened by what she had to do, which is you know reach into another person's body, and then yeah, she's saddened by that by that power. Although, you know, I chose her as my bending master, um, and I said she won't teach me blood bending. Although I wouldn't be, I would be fine with blood bending. <laughs> just just in <laughs> case, just in case people get on your nerves and you got a little 
<laughs> Got a little lightning like, bin, blood bin, make sure they're dead for real, you know? I don't know, like, how much worse is that than me hitting someone in the head with a rock? <laughs> I mean, funny. it is worse, but, but I, oh, I'm just like, hey, you know, you, you, you utilize it. You know, bloodbending is probably the safest way that, like, you could control somebody without killing them. You being a bloodbender, yeah. that could be merciful. Just saying. Yeah. You can you can easily immobilize people. Just make yeah. them for their own sure you safety. Can... You can do it, Chris. Yeah. We have to learn bloodbending. It's our responsibility. I mean, as, I feel with peacekeepers. <laughs> so Katara was like easily my my choice for waterbending. There really wasn't a second. But now I'm changing my to... mind. Now I, I want to go to Katara. <laughs> now I'm not changing my mind. I want to be but a bloodbender. Wanted... Um, if I wanted a bloodbender, I wouldn't choose Amon. You would think Amon would be the good choice because he's the best bloodbender there is. But I would choose his brother, um, Tarlock, because I think Tarlock is a better uh, waterbender. Uh, his waterbending skills are really good. Well, I feel like Amon doesn't utilize his waterbending really at all, and he's probably kind of rusty at it. He's like really amazing at bloodbending, but when it comes to waterbending, he doesn't seem all that. He's probably great, but I think Tarlock's probably a better waterbender. Like I know he was it makes going me toe to toe with with uh, with Korra. It makes me a bad fan, but I keep when I think back to Amon, I I always forget that it is water. I always think of the energy bending first because I'm dumb. Uh, but you're right, it is I got I, mean, no. I got to get back into those. But uh, <laughs> that'd be a good choice. I could see like Amon has to pose this whole time as a non-bender, essentially. Like, yeah, he probably doesn't do a lot of water bending practice in his spare time. Yeah, I I dig that argument. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's the episode. Yeah, solid. Solid. So my ratings: audio, visual, and eight. I think the fight between the two are really good. I think um, the uh, voice acting was was pretty good by by Hama. Just the way she tells her story. I don't know who's voice acting. For it's that a role, voice but... that we know like we hear it in other cartoons yeah like, i can't place I just, it I, yeah, but it's, just... a, it's like azula's voice actress it's somebody that we hear other places yeah always always test my daughter out like make her kind of appreciate voice actors <laughs> um today she was watching legend of Korra book four and um oh my gosh the waterbender with no arms why can't i remember her name uh why can't i remember her name I think it's Juan, 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 Hua. Anyway, um, you're, you're she's voiced by Grado yeah. Griffin, who who uh, voices Azula. And I asked Madara, I was like, who do you, you know, she voices somebody else. Who do you think she voices? And I was like, just close your eyes and just listen. She's like, oh, she voices uh, Zuko's sister. I was like, oh, good job. Yeah. If she just said Icky Vicky from Fairly Odd Parents, I would have been very impressed. Well, she's not, you know, in her. 20s she doesn't know what fairly odd parents that's fair that's fair <laughs> i still that's another show where like the first two seasons i absolutely love yeah you're, you're, i never got that too much into jimmy neutron uh i never did much jimmy neutron but i did a lot of fairly odd parents i think rugrats is the one that other i'm sorry i meant, that I meant I fairly didn't. odd parents but yeah. those i get those two are easy same, to yeah up. they're same same time frame yeah, they had crossovers and everything. Other people liked Rugrats and Doug, and I did not like either of those. Like, those are my wife's two favorite, probably, childhood cartoons, and I just, I wasn't into it. For the record, uh, Chris, you are looking up the Hama voice actress at this time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, got it. <laughs> I wanted to make um, sure I didn't miss something, and you're just like, I'm done with this podcast. I'm, I'm over it. So, apparently, yeah, <laughs> I'm just going off. Um,. I went, to the, bejeweled. I went to the Avatar wiki, which doesn't really help all that much. Uh, but she also voiced Avatar Yang Chen, apparently, so that's interesting. Oh, nice. That was a good yeah. five seconds. Uh, oh, her name her name is Tress McNeil? McNeil? Let's see what other things she she did while I do a couple. Oh, uh, so the... You know, I'll just email her. Not email her. <laughs> I'll email her, ask her what roles she Hey, did. friend of the show, what other things have you done? Huh. Okay, so she was on... Gosh, her... Ooh, man. Just looking at her, her list. She was on The Simpsons at some point. Okay, let me look up her IMDb, because it must be interesting. Because she was she, also on Futurama, Animaniacs, Tiny Toons. She, is she Seymour's mom? 
or yeah huh, I bet she is uh, okay IMDB is coming up I love Tiny Toons and Animaniacs so hit me up when you find out which character she was in those it's like two of my favorites I love Warner Brothers which that's funny you like DC and I mean I like DC but in the context of <laughs> liking Warner Brothers also Harry Potter Warner Brothers that's Harry oh ooh, wow this is okay so um, in the Simpsons she was Agnes Skinner that's not that impressive I'm assuming she was Mrs. Skinner's mother or something yeah Seymour's mom but so this is interesting she was Dot in Animaniacs what I know right hold on let me just I gotta take my headphones out and just think about this <laughs> okay I can kind of hear it that's interesting yeah wow um color me impressed uh, <laughs> oh, she only has like four that she's actually known for um and futurama she's linda mom that makes That's sense right. um yeah um Hattie. That's probably where i know her best honestly would be mom i'm not a huge simpsons fan but i do love futurama yeah oh apparently she's been in pj mask i'm surprised i haven't recognized her there i've been watching a lot of pj mask I don't even know what that is it's a I'm kids sure. show with and they're like little superheroes <laughs> hence the that sounds like anyway. a chris's kids kind of show she she puts in a lot of work she uh she has been busy to say the least so good for her she does good work here that's for sure yeah I probably never find anything else mom. that's uh, the dot thing. The dot surprises me. I would not have picked her out as dot, but when I tried yeah. to like, take when I took my headphones out, tried really hard to think about it, picture the voices, I can hear it. I would never have guessed it though. I'm not going to take that much credit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and let's see. She was in Batman: The Dark Knight Returns. She voiced an old Selina Kyle. That makes sense. Um, I don't see anything else that's particularly of interest to us at the moment, but she's done a lot of great work. Yeah, she, after our last airbender, she voiced Yang Chen, Hama, and some additional voices. Um, she was in the boondocks, of course she was. <laughs> um, things I say, of course she was, because Andrea Romana, who is the voice uh, coach, the voice director, like has. Voice, was a voice coach for so many things the boondocks batman the animated series after our last airbender legend of Korra. so if you if you have a favorite cartoon she probably did the voice that's um, a really good repertoire of cartoons you just rattled off there too static high, shock high end voice work um yeah but all right yeah so that's uh you know some of her some of her uh oh yeah she did some stuff in rugrats apparently Charlotte Pickles? Wait, what? No way. Hmm. For hmm. real? Yeah, apparently she was yeah, Charlotte Pickles. That's interesting. Hmm. I that's harder to hear. That is. I can't No? Well Is Charlotte like no, grandma I... and not actually mom? Maybe we're thinking of the wrong person. No, Charlotte Pickles, you know, Angelica's um Angelica's mom, who was like always on the phone and busy. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> I, I can kind of hear it the more I think about it now. Oh, man. I, I guess I can compare it closer to Dot than Hama. Yeah. Wow, this lady has a a very great career. Very great career. Anyway, wow, we went off on a on a good little tangent there. So, Tress Mc, McNeil, I think. We, we learned it. something well, new. Tress, we got to reach out to her and make her a friend of the show. <laughs> got to get her on the <laughs> yeah. show sometime. Uh, all right. So yeah. Anyway, I am visual an eight. She did a great job on the voice acting. Story eight and a half. I mean, she really enforced a lot of the story here. Story. Her backstory is so, so good. Eight and a half there. Um, for memorable, it gets an eight and a half. One thing, bloodbending is introduced, which is one of the creepiest. It really took Waterbenders up stuff. a level in terms of like, oh, maybe we should. Maybe water bending is the most lethal of all the bending techniques. I can see that. So, yeah. So that brings out to an 8.3. Solid episode. Chris, something happened that doesn't happen very often. I'll just spoil it right here. 
Uh, same Ooh. ratings. But, but. <laughs> that was a loud dude. <laughs> but no, that's, that's cool. When it, uh, I should look back and see how many times it's happened. I'm going to guess like maybe twice tops. If I could, yeah. after, we, after we've talked about the episode, I would lift audiovisual up to like eight and a half. Just because there's a lot of cool imagery and a lot of cool music. You know, point five probably would make a difference. But I, I Chris, I'm trying to be independent <laughs> here. Um no, but that being said, there is a ton of cool imagery and different music and things that I probably didn't give enough credit to. It's really good. Story. Um I hinted at earlier. I really like how like how much detail and how much story this feels like a full story um that just works as an episode and as you mentioned, you kinda get a B plot. But even that's tied into the story. That's not a separate Zuko IRO B plot. That's all it's all in one small little story universe here. And it's really good. It is memorable. You get bloodbending, good fight, a little comedy in there. And that brings it out to eight point three. You might be able to guess. That's eight point three. That's pretty that's a pretty good episode. Here Katara's like shocked at herself. Wanted to end with that one because mm. she's like like surprised, but she's not what's the word? She doesn't look mad or sad or anything yet. Right now she's just like, Oh, it works. Disappointed? Yes. I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. No, I, I get that, like, when you don't expect something to work the first time, and it does work the first time, you're like, oh, hey, how about that? That's what she looks like right here to me. Mm. And, yeah, that's the Puppet Master. That's a solid, uh, a solid, as far as, as far as episodes that could be placed just about anywhere go, this is a real good one. I don't like to call it a filler episode, because it, it doesn't feel like filler, but you could throw it a lot of places as long as they're in the Fire Nation, and as long as Katara not yet knowing waterbending was <laughs> wasn't a situation they could escape where if she knew waterbending. But it's not an inconsequential episode, that's for sure. It's a very good episode. So, But um, as I also mentioned previously, we are getting to the point where we're getting away, or at least close to the end of these kind of, not one-off episodes, but sort of tangential episodes. We're about to ramp up real heavy and stuff gets exciting. So that's my terrible teaser for the weeks to come. So join us next time. Next time we will have a little pre-Planet Comic Con. I don't know if we'll do anything specific for it, but it will be the day before Comic Con. Planet Comic Con for us here in Kansas City. And so we'll, we'll think of something themely to do for that. And in the coming weeks after that, we're getting towards the end of the series. Chris, any final thoughts to wrap up before we shut down? Nope. Thank you all for listening, watching, comment, whatever. Do stuff, support the channel, support the thing. Give us a review on iTunes, I guess. That's cool. Yeah. People, I hear people ask for that on podcasts, podcasts that I listen to. I gotta be honest, Sometimes I haven't even about checked. Five minutes about doing that. I, I can't even say that I've checked what like reviews are, but I would like to see if there are reviews. And if there's like reviews from people, maybe I'll shout those people out. Even if they're bad reviews, if they're like kind of constructive, maybe. I'll still shout those people you out. You will. Maybe. Or I yeah. will. Yeah, whatever. Somebody will shout you out. I like knowing that people listen to us. In the meantime, my name is Sean Shaler. That's Chris Ford. He's the Objective Geek on Twitter and YouTube. And you can also find the podcast stuff we post lightly to social media at last underscore podcasters. And we have a Facebook page, so go visit us there. Thank you very much for watching, listening. Hopefully, I, I hope people that use YouTube don't just watch our faces and our occasional notes. I hope they're mostly listening. <laughs> But either way, thanks for participating. And this has been Last Podcasters. We will see you next time.